The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Well, we had an eventful first hour. Carmichael Dave joined us from New York. Asked Chris and I what we wanted to, him to bring back for us from either D.C. or New York. Uh, the 209 says, tell Dave you want your own personal congressman from D.C. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if he'll check in with us again. you, you got to believe he will. He's been in on the chat. We appreciate all of you on the chat. If you're there, hit that thumbs up button. Easy to do. We appreciate that. Makes us feel good. Makes you feel good, doesn't it? You're sending us a thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing, and we appreciate you. We appreciate you guys out there on the chat, certainly the text line, 916-339-1140. You want to dial in, 1-800-920-1140. Speaking of Dave, on Friday, while I was gone, he had a chance to talk to General Manager Monty McNair, kind of state of the state of the Sacramento Kings. And if you kind of look big picture where this team is, uh, okay, okay position. Not great, not bad. Um, same record as a year ago. That's the good news, 31-23. and 23. The bad news is that puts him currently in eighth in the Western Conference playoff race. Top eight make the playoffs. Technically, the top six are guaranteed. Seven and eight are in a play-in game. Nine and ten are in a play-in game. The winner of nine moves on to play the the nine-ten game, moves on to play the loser of the seven-eight. That seven-eight winner is guaranteed the seven seed. And then that last part is the eight seed. The rest go into the lottery, and the Kings certainly want to avoid that. It was great to break the playoff drought a year ago. That last year, we I said it all along. I I, I believed it when I said it. I, it wasn't even like a warning. I said, look, I know this from past experience. The come up, the first year of making the postseason is, to me, always the best, um, especially for the Sacramento Kings when you'd been in the drought that they were in. We knew last year was special. Everything about it was special. And this year, yeah, I, I'm kind of torn between what people are talking about expectations ruining some of the season because I, I I don't know if it's entirely that. To me, the expectations, my own on the Kings, aren't even with the regular season. And I guess part of it is inherently there because I want further progression in the postseason. So that means you have to do something in the pre in the regular season to get there. And they're doing that now. So I don't even know if they haven't fulfilled my expectations. Um, sure, I'd like a better record, but I didn't say they had to be the one seed. I didn't say they had to be the two seed or wherever. It's get to the postseason and get farther if you can than you did a year ago, which would be round two. That would be progress. Well, they have been wildly inconsistent in that way of weird losses, large margins of defeat in losses, some of that inconsistency, which I would say is a little better, a little better lately. Not It's not entirely better, but it's been a little better. Uh, Monty McNair with Dave on Friday talked about the team's inconsistency. You know, I think, I think our guys, uh, in some ways, showing that we can reach those peaks make, makes the other ones even more frustrating. Um, it, it'd be different if, yeah, hey, you know what, this team – they don't have that or they don't have this, but uh, we've beaten some really, really good teams in some really tough situations. So to show that we can do that and then 
not be able to follow through on, on some of the others is, is frustrating. We, we definitely feel that frustration. And I think for us, though, it, it just shows upside in this group. If you can beat Denver on the road, you can do a lot of things. Uh, now let's go figure out what happened those other nights. Uh, what can we fix? Because we still got a chance down the stretch here to put ourselves in a good position for April and May. And uh, it's not too late, but th- those things hurt us. We can't let any more of those happen. I think that there, there's some, obviously there's truth in what Monty's saying. I think he believes that. The the peaks and valleys of this year, the, the, the showing that if you look at the teams above the Kings, they beat Minnesota, OKC twice, Denver three times, the Suns twice, Dallas twice. So they show you an ability to beat good teams home and road, um, handle them comfortably, play in close games. But, you know... <laughs> We all know the Pistons lost, the Hornets lost, the Blazers lost without people, the uh, domination the Pelicans have had over them, the games where maybe they have a bad loss. You go, okay, I'm going to wait to see how they respond to this one, and then they don't respond. Again, I think that's getting better incrementally, not not drastically. I think that consistency is getting a little bit better. But the whole point of this, Monty then says, look, what they're trying to do is not just last year, not just this year. They're trying to be consistent winners. And this is what we've talked about. We want to be a consistent winning franchise. And we're at the baby steps of that. But having a second year uh, where we are, you know, it's, it's funny. We were talking last year as we were going through as a front office, like, man, like, you know, the fans are loving this. You know, how, how quickly till it's not good enough. And, you know, the answer is less than a year. And, uh, and in a lot of ways, we love that because – very quickly, the you know a, a playoff berth is, is just not good enough, and we, we want to advance. So I, I love that the fans do that. But for us, you know, it's we, we got to be able to continue to bring in uh, talent throughout. And I think playing for Coach Brown, uh, playing with guys like Foxy and Domas and Keegan and and on and on, those guys uh, players want to play with those guys. Players want to win. They want to be a part of of something special, which I think we're building here. You know what's interesting? I was looking at this today. When you think about consistency that Monty's talking about, right now the longest active team playoff streak in the NBA is Boston at nine, and that's significant. I mean, that's very significant. I started to look for the Western Conference longest active playoff streak. Just a quick informal to our YouTube chat. Who do you think has the longest active Western Conference playoff streak in how many years i told you nine is boston also in a text line if you want to weigh in just a quick i just want to see some early results who do you think has the longest active playoff streak in the west it's not the kings it's only one um just curious so boston's at nine i'm gonna go down the list milwaukee at seven philadelphia at six brooklyn at five and that's in trouble. And there we find, let me see if anybody has guessed in the West. We got Clippers. That is not the correct answer. Uh, the next one is the Denver Nuggets at five. There's not even a team at four. The next one at three, the Phoenix Suns and Memphis. Memphis is likely going to have theirs broken. Two playoff trips in a row, Warriors and Timberwolves. And then one, Clippers, Lakers, and Kings. So he's trying to build the consistency of what where the Sixers are, let's say the Bucks and the Celtics. Now, obviously, there's bigger goals along there, and that 
and and goal posts and goals can change, right? I think right now it's, I would say, get to the postseason is the first thing this team is trying to do. Uh, try to get to the top six. Try to get to the top four. Avoid the play-in. That, that, these are all things on their radar right now, and they should be. Then it's also trying to advance. And if you don't, then you attack it again. What what missed? What was wrong? Why? Was it a wrong matchup? Did you have a late-season injury? Were you not good enough? These are things that you have to answer. Is is the Are the elements not here? I think some of them are. I really do. But are, do they have enough? Maybe you don't believe so. I don't believe they have enough to win a championship. But do they need to be a championship team today? I think you chase that. I don't think you give up on any of those hopes. But the deal wasn't there for them to make at the deadline. So, but... If you make another trip to the postseason and you're out early, let's say it's a first-round exit, at some point that now has to progress. And that's what Monty – I mean, he knows that. He definitely knows that. And uh, let's get one more comment from that interview on Friday as Monty kind of talks about where the players are in all of this in kind of this chase to get to these goals that Monty's talking about. Players want to win. They want to be a part of – of something special, which I think we're building here. Um, you know, I think we've seen that with, with some recent things uh, where we've been competing with other teams on guys and we're able to uh, to bring them back. I think both Harrison and Trey Lyles and some of the others we brought back had great comments last summer about they, they want to be here. Uh, they want to be here in Sacramento. They want to continue to build what we're building here. So um, th- those are, are great messages for us. At the same time, you, you got to keep winning. Uh, and you got to keep keep growing because um, you know we don't want to just be a first round exit team every time. That's not going to uh, continue to attract these key guys. But uh, I think right now people see what we're building. We're getting great feedback. Um, it's I would say one huge comment we get is is our fans, our fan base. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many comments I got about how ridiculous our environment was for those those four playoff games last year. And it was, it was absolutely insane. Players on opposing teams were talking about it, you know, media agents, everybody, you know, was, was saw that. And I think it was a great Testament to, uh, to you and the, the, the entire fan base of, of what this team means to this city and, and how the, the team is supported. Uh, we have a great arena, all those things, um, you know, stack up and, and help us. But number one is winning, and we got to keep winning. But that that draws uh, that draws players, and and uh, that's what we're really trying to do. Yeah, I mean, this group right now has got a great culture. The beam, everything about that, the arena, it's lively. I mean, it is. It's a fun team. It's a likable team. It's been a frustrating team for a lot of people this year, and so it's it's continuing to work at it, continue to carve at it, continue to uh, work around the edges of what they've got now and see what they can do here. Again, I think that was a big win before the break against Denver. Um, having some time off, I hope, will help this team. We're going to get a little bit more into this, too, with the Kings, kind of on that push for a top-six seed and what they have to do. But I just wanted to go go back and listen to some of those things from Friday with Dave and Monty McNair. All right, we talked a little bit about this. we got to get into this coming up, too, because the All-Star game draw a, a lot of attention, mainly for the wrong reason. So what tweak would you make to the NBA All-Star Weekend? We've got that question and two others coming up in Three for Madness, brought to you by our friends at Firewings, all straight ahead here on Sacktown Sports. 
Three questions, three answers. It's three for madness on the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Here's question one. All right, three for madness brought to you by our friends at Fire Wings. Good night to make uh, tonight and I for Fire Wings. 21 delicious flavors of wings, a wide variety of items too to choose from. Fire Wings, just wing it. Christopher Laud, what do you have for question one? What tweak would you make to the NBA All-Star Weekend? You know, we've had a lot of people early on on our YouTube chat make some suggestions here on All-Star Weekend. Everybody seemed to be frustrated by the entirety of it. And I'm trying to get to the crux of what that is. And for most parts, it's not every answer in here, but it feels like um, effort or looks like they don't care. Um, They may not. I don't know if the All-Star game feels like a chore for some of the players. I see, I've seen different reactions. I loved the reaction of a guy like Jalen Brunson, who became a first-time All-Star. When he found out he became an All-Star, it was on the night, or it was basically the day of a really big game that he had at the Garden. And the crowd's chanting MVP, got really emotional, but he's been a guy that's had to grind. I mean, he's not a high lottery pick that's probably been given. It just he's had a different path, and I'm not even saying you know other paths are wrong. He's just he has a different perspective, and I think if he makes it two and three and four times, it's going to be different. The second and third and fourth time, the first time is always special. I mean, this was LeBron's what 19th. Uh, I mean, it's just another All Star game. Will he, does he remember his 16th? What that meant? What the 14th meant? So it's different. Um, you know, the honest one I would have, and this is not going to be very popular. I don't think I would have the fans vote, but that's not going to be popular. Fans want, Hey, this is who I want in the game. Yet. Then we complain on who gets in the game. Then you complain. I'm saying you, I'm saying you fans, all of you, I'm blaming you. No, I'm saying then we complain about the game. And sometimes I don't think the fans got it wrong this year. But it also impacts the reserves because they take a portion of what the fan vote was versus what the coaches say. Um, I, I just, I don't know if that's my ultimate tweak, but maybe it's even our own perception of what the All-Star game is. It truly is an exhibition. And so, like what you're watching, and some have said, oh, just get rid of the game and make it a skills and do all that. Well, that's what they did on Saturday. But that wasn't good. You didn't like the dunk contest? No, I didn't like the dunk contest. <laughs> well, that's kind of a, a variety of skills. Well, I want better players in there. Do you? Like, I think that's, again, I'm going to go back to what do you want. Um, Chris, do you have anything specifically, though, that you would tweak for the All-Star weekend or All-Star game? Yeah, get rid of it. Just get rid of it completely. Mm-hmm. I think they do need a break, so I'm okay with the break. Some have suggested after the season. I go, no way. I mean, so if you played it after the finals, like the, the Pro Bowl is, no. that's not as far apart as, okay, let's say the Kings generally are eliminated in April and Fox made the All-Star game, and then he's playing in the All-Star game in late June or July. Like, no. It's- see, I would like, because I do think people want to see the best play the best, which I'm on board with. Mm-hmm. So I would want to see the – NBA kind of pushed towards like making the FIBA World Cup more of a thing because now it's the Olympics. Olympics is a big one. Mm-hmm. But if you're to make it like two years, in, like the in between time of the Olympics, 
to where you make it a thing to where this is a big deal to make it bigger than the Olympics. Yeah. And I think the only way you could do that as well is if you were to push like what they do in soccer, like make it like 21 and younger type of yeah. thing. Yeah. To where the best player's only chance is to play in that FIBA. Like if you had in the U.S., like traveling around, you could see Serbia versus the U.S. or Argentina versus Spain. Like get those games. Like I think that would be more exciting than an all-star game. Yeah. Um, and sadly, and this is where, again, I'm going to get into this a little bit later, where the differential is, I think, from fan to player is, I've talked about this for years, we cannot comprehend money, like the, the difference in money and the scale that these guys make. And when you hear stories about, well, the players are talking about wanting to get paid more for the All-Star game, the, the disconnect right away goes, how much more money do you need? We saw that the in-season tournament was a motivator based on money and competition and being first. Like there was something that motivated everybody. It was Ironically, a in their game. contracts, the motivation is to get to the All-Star game. Right. It's not to play in the All-Star right. game. Yeah, because again, the East won. Do you, Chris, do you remember who won last year? Nope. The year before? Well, it wasn't East versus West. Right. It was, <laughs> And they've tried. So they did players. No, don't do that. Now they're doing East versus West again. So the, the kind of the catch in that, if there was an Eastern Conference uh, reserve hurt, like or a starter hurt or player hurt, like Embiid, then you put an Eastern player in. The, the, the thought of both leagues going across maybe help get another Western Conference player in. There's a lot of things that are kind of missing, but I'm going to go into this a little bit later about what do you really want uh, from this game. All right, let's go to question number two. Question two. Favorite highlight of the All-Star Weekend? I did like the shootout with Steph and Sabrina. I yeah, that, that was, was fun. I thought that was fun. Um, yet there was some commentary in it that felt like it ruined it or tried to ruin it or dampen it or change it. I'm like, why are we doing this? I, it was enjoyable. I, th- I, I thought she put up a great number. Like, ooh, she might win this. And then Steph came in and won. And it, it to me, it's... It didn't make any greater statement about men versus women. Like, just enjoy the competition. I enjoyed that. I thought that was great. I thought that was great. That, to me, was the best. Um, I've always liked the three-point shootout the most. I think, at times, the dunk contest can be great. It was fine. It was fine. But, again, what do we want? Like, personally, I start to think dunk My favorite dunks are in-game dunks. Yeah, where there's not like Malik Monk just dunking on somebody. Is fantastic. It's better than anything that we saw. Yeah, I'm not discounting. Like, I'm amazed that people can jump over people or jump over two people, and then who's holding a ball, it goes between their legs. That's amazing. That's not going to happen in a game. I mean, I don't – when, like, Blake Griffin brought out the car, cool. But I, that, what is that? What are we doing? Like, props, I don't know. I mean, you're not going to have a – uh, defender, so I, I don't know how you <coughs> fully make that great. I could also see, like, hey, can we have, like, the best players in the dunk contest? I mean, sorry, Max McClung, but you're not even in the NBA. I mean, you've been a G League, you know, like, he's bounced around, and it's just that part um, needs some needs some tweaking, but every once in a while, you run into that, like I said, the uh, Aaron Gordon, Levine, dunk contest. Like, that was pretty great like the creativity it's it's a fine line like again back to what do we want all right let's get to question three question three now that it's over do you feel better about fox and sabonis not being a part of it 
Um, I love the fact that Sacramento is represented. So when they're there and they're playing, I'm watching, I'm engaged, I'm like rooting for Sacramento, like Keegan on the the Rising Stars game. Love that. But the fact that they didn't, I hope they got quality rest. To me, I don't know the full answer to that question. I think it's coming. Like if Fox and Sabonis and this team comes out of the break looking better, feeling better, looking fresh, good for them. Um, I don't like that. You know, I saw, um, who was that? Devin Booker talking about all the guys from Kentucky saying, yeah, but Fox should be here too. He's right. Sabonis should have been there too, I think. But you can't get everybody there. Um, so if you're not, take advantage of it. De'Aaron didn't seem to care. Take advantage of that. If you saw him last year in the All-Star game, you know that he didn't care. Yeah, he didn't play like he cared. And Last year, he just kind of like sat in the corner and yeah. whatever. I don't even remember his stat line. I think it was like 3-1-1. One, and one or, I mean, like he barely did anything. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. I mean... I, I was I was one of the few that actually liked the premise of the draft live. I thought, wow, that's like schoolyard picking players. Someone's going to get picked last. Not that it's I'm looking for embarrassment. They're all all stars, but wow, you're doing this very publicly. What do other, what does LeBron and Giannis think of other players? I thought that was intriguing. Now, I I don't miss it, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, for the fact that Fox and Sabonis weren't there. I thought they should have been certainly Sabonis, but I hope they take advantage of what. What, what did there. you think uh, De'Aaron Fox's uh, numbers were? I feel like he had like three points and an assist or something. Zero points. Okay. Two assists, zero rebounds. Wow. What was Sabonis? I gotta find that. Yeah, I think was they he were on, on Team Giannis? No, I think yeah, I think they were no. Yes, yes, yeah. he was. They were opposite. He was teams. six four and a one. Okay. Wow. No double double. Hmm. Maybe he should have been an All Star. And then you even see, like, this game, like, some guy, like, Towns is getting 50. LeBron at eight. Like, did LeBron care? Didn't seem like it. A lot of people didn't seem to care. And if there's a guy that, you know, I saw a lot of people say, like, if there's a guy that's made for the All-Star game, it's Dame Lillard. Doesn't play a lot of defense, can shoot deep threes. Yeah. What do we want in the All-Star game? What do you want? Oh, Halliburton early was trying to get that MVP. Oh, he was thirsty. And, you know, people booed Dame when he got it because they thought Halliburton. I mean, Halliburton could have got it. He could have. They ultimately picked um dame lillard all right about all-star weekend though are we asking the right questions want to get into this a little bit more detail because a lot of people have comments and thoughts and they're in their feelings about this we've got that are we asking the right questions about all-star weekend that is next in the morning to get your sports fix live and local the Carmichael Dave show with Jason Ross Back here on the show, Jason Ross, Christopher Laud, Carmichael Dave is off this week as we take you till 10. Styles and Watkins will be in at the end of the show. We'll have some celebrity birthdays, a little crosstalk with them still to come. We're an hour away from checking in with our Kings insider, Frankie Cardicelli. And at 9 o'clock, Casey Pratt will join us to discuss the uh, the future of the Oakland A's. Could that be in Sacramento? So when we were talking in the last segment and Three for Madness asking some questions about the All-Star game, and this is 
very interesting to me, and I think it's kind of feeding into my point. I know a lot of people weren't happy with the All-Star game, and I get it. it. I mean, a ton of points, which, by the way, is a byproduct of where the league is. We seemingly, as fans, the league wanted to push for more points. Now there seems to be a, hey, maybe if we push too far, when all these regular season games, pretty common to see 130 to 125. I mean, that's that's not absurd anymore. The All-Star game to get over 200 is a bit ridiculous. And, I mean, look, it was either a wide-open lane for a dunk, half-court threes, deep threes, uh, nobody defending. Um, showcase. I mean, it's an exhibition. So what do you want? What, are we asking the right questions here? And so does it need to be fixed? Now, a lot of you right away say, of course it does. Well, I feel like I've done this long enough and it might also be uh, at the time of year where there's a lack of content. We have just finished the Super Bowl. Um, that's done. There's nothing really new with football. Baseball is yet to start. The NBA's kind of carries this time of year. And it has an opportunity to be on the showcase in front of everybody. So if you watched any part of Friday night's festivities, Saturdays, and then Sunday's All-Star game, um, likely you were disappointed. And so I kind of threw out there just a couple of suggestions or what would you like to see. On my own personal text line, received a couple like make every quarter mean something for charity. Okay. Do you think the players will play for more? Maybe. Maybe. Um, Also, I got this one. There is no fix. Players' attitude, they just don't care. Newer generation wants more cash. That might be true. Um, And that has, you know, Sam Amick wrote about that in The Athletic. Each team, the winning team gets cash, not, not a ton. Um, a lot for you and I, but not a ton. Losing team gets some, but... This seems like a cash grab. And it may be. And if Adam Silver wants a change, is he going to go down that road? Here's a perfect example. Two texts back-to-back on our text line at 339-1140. Um, where is it here? East versus West winner should get home court in the finals. You'll get a lot of effort. The previous text, more than one dumb national show yesterday was saying... They should make home court in the finals an incentive. That was stupid in MLB. It would be stupid here. So one wants it, one doesn't. What do we want? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think ideally, Chris, I brought this up earlier, in a perfect world for All-Star Weekend, we want stars. So check. We check that box. We got some of the greatest in the NBA out there. I think in the dunk contest, I think pretty universally – if we could have the biggest names in the dunk contest, that would help. I would help. I don't know that it's foolproof. Uh, Chris, I was looking back at the last 25 years of the All-Star Slam dunk contest. And to the best of my knowledge, just doing this quickly, I think there are eight people that have been All-Stars. Vince Carter. I think Jason Richardson was, but I'm not certain. Josh Smith was once. Dwight Howard Blake Griffin, John Wall, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell. That's the list over 25 years. The last couple, though, Mac McClung now has won it twice. Obi Toppin, Anthony Simons could be an all-star someday. Derek Jones Jr., Hamadou Jallo, Glenn Robinson III, Jeremy Evans, Gerald Green. I mean, this isn't like if you go back earlier times, there's Vince Carter, there's Kobe Bryant. Um, we've got Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan twice, um, or like the anomaly of a guy like Spud Webb. Like Nate Robinson was fun. Sometimes the a smaller player being able to do feats that it's hard to believe, and just you see the vert, you know, their verts are just amazing. 
um, from a smaller player. That's why it was surprising Dwight Howard would win with some dunk contests because he's just so big. Yeah, didn't they bring out like a bigger rim for him? Well, then, yeah, then when he dunked on that, that was impressive. I mean, so, again, that goes to like, "Ah, I don't really like props. Oh, but that was cool. Don't do the car. But the higher backboard was cool. Oh, when you put the cupcake up there and blew out the can, well, that was different. So it's like I don't know that we can ever pick the sweet spot. I think if I asked everybody out here on the YouTube, on the text, again, what do you want? I think universally, though, we can at least ask for this effort in the All-Star game. That, I mean, I don't think that should be non-negotiable. Now, we've got to do this. I don't really want to, but let's go down the wrong road and let's say, hey, I want Fox and Sabonis in there. They should have been All-Stars. Yes, I agree. They get in there. They give effort. Something goes wrong. Oh, they should have never been in the All-Star game. It didn't even count. Yeah, it didn't even count. I don't even want my guys playing in there. But wait, we did want them there. But I don't want them to get hurt. But I want Sacramento to shine. We we can't have all of that. You just can't. And it's frustrating, but can we get the effort? And I don't know the answer to that. I think if there's money on the line, more money, I think you'll get more effort. But that's also, to me, sounds disgusting. It's like, wait. That's what you need? That's what we're doing? You're getting basically bribed, for lack of a better term. Is this the motivation? Where is it, hey, I want to win this for the West. I want to win this for the East. Does that even matter to them? Well, it, talking about it earlier with uh, when I said that they get more from their sponsors mm-hmm. for making it, then that's the thing, too, Emily. Are you going to make that incentive more than they're already getting? Right. Well, and what? And have- then on top of it... What is my motivation going into a game that doesn't matter in February in Indianapolis? Right. When, like, if I didn't make it, I could be in Cancun right now. Well, what do you think? What have we created that matters the most? The championship ring. The title. This does nothing for that. Nothing. So we have created the ring culture. We've done this. And by doing that, we also have created super teams. And we've created... Maybe more people on one team. Oh, it's unfair that this team has three all-stars because they're just loaded. Well, they're trying to get to that ring culture. They're trying to get to that ring to validate careers because that's how we now measure all these guys. So we've kind of built this product. The NBA, us as fans or media or everyone else, we've done this to this game, to the sport, to the NBA. And I don't know if it's a flaw or not that the NBA listens and is very transparent. I think we'll get into that a little bit later too, but – Um, looking for the perfect answer for this all-star game, I don't think is there. And again, it doesn't have to be perfect. It should be a form of entertainment. Now you could say you don't like that form of entertainment. I have no problem with that, but I don't know how we get there exactly. I think there was, I want to say, Chris, it was about four years ago, four to five Maybe it was the first time they added the Elam ending, kind of the Kobe ending where they said 24 points. Um, and I can't, the separation was pretty close in the fourth quarter. It was thrilling. And I felt like people were really trying. It was the, it was the stars of stars really, really trying in that, you know, time was off the clock. It didn't matter. Um, I can't remember. Whatever team, the West at the time needed 24 points and the East because they were behind needed 27. And it was on. And it was like, okay, like that, and before there was, you know, okay, there's a freeway to the lane. Let's do a windmill off the backboard. Okay, you're going to get some of that. But I felt like we've got we got some intriguing things of what you want to see. It's like, oh, wow, here's Giannis. He's being guarded by Anthony Davis. 
let's go. And they're 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 trying. Um, last, I'm going to say a year, <coughs> a year or two ago, there was a, to me a funny by play when it was Team Giannis, Team LeBron, and I believe it was Jalen Brown and Tatum. They're teammates in real life on the Celtics. They were on the opposing team, and it was kind of like the court cleared, and it was those two basically going one on one for a couple of sequences. I'm like, all right, I don't always see that. This is probably like practice, but they were. Like Tatum was trying to score on Brown. He's a really good defender. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. They came down the other end. Everybody kind of cleared out. All right, you guys go again. Um, some have suggested I want one-on-one or two-on-two. I don't know that you're going to get everybody to play that. I think you're going to get some, but again, back to the same thing. Oh, Fox would be great in this one-on-one. If he got hurt, it's not worth it, is it? Or you have someone like LeBron that's thinking about his brand. Yeah. And it, where he can only lose, he can't gain anything right. out of it. which I think is why he's never been in the dunk contest. A lot of people wanted LeBron in there. There's a lot more for LeBron to lose than to gain. Like, if he won one, perfect, no risk. Like, the, I think the in-season tournament, which he won this year, the first one, it really seemed like the Lakers were going for it. Good for them. They did. And that added a little bit to his resume. I don't think he needs much, but he was the first one to do it. But there was some money on the line to be first. None of this is first for anybody. And so, is it money? Is that the right idea? I know Adam Silver's going to... If I know anything about the league, being at broadcast meetings, around NBA people, they will look to try to improve it. They may not, but they will look to try to. And again, I think whatever tweaks they make, they think they will. And I can tell you a year from now at this time and two years from now at this time, we'll be going, how do we fix the All-Star game? This is a question that's been on for years and years. All right, the Kings. How do they fix their post-All-Star break record? We're to compare and contrast where the Kings were at this time a year ago versus where they are now and what they need to do to make that push for a top six or a top four seed. Better yet, we'll have that next. Jason Ross. He has a lot of pretty smart things to, to say. He's good at what he does. On Sacktown Sports. Now that the All-Star break has come and gone, Kings will be back reporting to, you know, back with the group, practicing, getting ready for the final 28 games. And it's going to take a, a good finish for Sacramento to get to where they want to get to. As uh, Monty McNair, we heard from him on Friday, heard a few clips earlier. He talks about where the Kings are now and uh, what they did last year, how it's not going to be the same as it was a year ago. Uh, 48 wins is not going to get the three seed this year. And so uh, we know that Um, we're going to we're going to have to play these last 30 games and get ourselves into a seeding position. Top six is, is a goal for sure. Avoid the play in. Uh, if we have to go the play-in route, we will. Um, I, I think uh, if we can get get a game in Golden 1 Center, uh, that's a huge advantage to us. Uh, we don't want to go that route, but uh, we'll, we'll get in any way we can, and then I think we can make some noise. Uh, that said, if we if we don't, we're, we're unable to get to where we want, um, you know, this summer and, and going forward, we're going to have to look and potentially use some of that flexibility, some of those assets um, to look for, for upgrades. So, uh, we're, we're always looking at both, but I do think credit to our group that we're in a position where keeping this group together um, is is an option, and, and some teams don't have that option uh, and kind of have to figure something else out. And 
it, it's nice to be there at the same time. We, we know where we got to go. And if we're not getting there, we're going to have to do something. So that was Monty on Friday. And the reality is, yeah, he's right. I mean, the, where the Kings have the record now at the all-star break, uh, very similar to, well, they have the same record now that they did through 54 games a year ago. Their all-star break record last year was 32 and 25. So they played what three more games than they had this year. And so they had one more win at the break, two more losses, but that was good enough for the three seed. Sacramento went into the all-star break last year as the three seed. Denver was one. Memphis was two. The Kings entered the all-star break as the three seed, three games back of Memphis for the two seed. I do remember this. The concern was the Phoenix Suns had traded for Kevin Durant, and it was just a matter of time before the Kings were going to be passed by the Phoenix Suns. Could Sacramento hang on to a top-four seed? There was also more than concern than that because, as I mentioned, the Kings were eight games back of the top seed, three of the second seed at this time at the All-Star break a year ago. But they were only one up on the Clippers, one and a half up on Phoenix, two and a half on Dallas, and really, if you go all the way down to the 12 seed, they're only a four and a half games clear. So, I mean, a bad second portion of the schedule, and they would have missed entirely. What's interesting is to look what teams did post All-Star break a year ago. And three teams in the West had 16 wins of their remaining games. The Kings, the, the Grizzlies, and the Lakers all won 16 games. Kings and Grizzlies won 16 and 9. Lakers won 16 and 7. If you look at the top six a year ago going into the break, as I mentioned, Denver was one. They stayed one. Memphis was two. They stayed two. Sacramento was three. They stayed three. We had a flip-flop on the 4-5. Clippers were four, but by a half game, they went to fifth. Phoenix jumped up to fourth. The biggest change was the sixth seed. That was Dallas. They added Kyrie Irving. They missed the postseason entirely, not even the plan. They dropped to 11th. Warriors, who at the break were ninth, vaulted up to six, and the Lakers had the biggest climb. At the All-Star break, they were 27-32. and 32. They finished 16-7 and seven and moved into seventh, got into that play-in game, won that, and then ultimately got to the conference finals. So as we look at it this year, it's different. And what's different about it is the Kings have, a, like I said, a better record technically at the break even though they have the same record of, of wins at the exact same time, but their they're standing and percent, win percentage is better. But they're eighth. Now, they're tight. It could go pretty quickly. They could be fifth. It's going to take a little bit more work to get to fourth. But let's start with the first goal of what Monty's talking about and had talked about, of becoming a top six seed. I think that's really, really important. One, it would show that you've played better in the last 28 games. The Kings' schedule isn't. That easy on the remainder, but way more of their games are at home. They've taken care of a ton of their road games. Right now, the Kings have 11 road games to go. That's it in their 28. So 17 home, 11 road. So continue to take care of the home court. Do your best to vault from eight to the top six, that first part of the goal, to eliminate being in that play-in. And then try to chip away at the top four. Now, when you look at Sacramento, and we're going to ask this to Frankie Cardicelli, our Kings insider, when he joins us at 830. 
I don't know what you guys think, and I'd be curious to get some text feedback and certainly calls if you'd like or on our YouTube chat. Who would you like Sacramento to play? Because I think that's as much as critical as postseason success as anything. I don't think you can line it up as carefully as you want when the the conference is, is, is this tight. But remember we heard stories last year that a lot of teams, specifically the Warriors, wanted to get to six so they could play the three-seed Sacramento Kings, a new team. They play a lot of offense, not sure about their defense, less playoff experience. That at least was the rumor. We, we'll never be able to confirm whether or not they really wanted that, but they got it and proved to be right because it took them seven games. They won. I'm still not convinced they were the better team, but they got through. That's all that matters. It doesn't even matter if they're the better team. I would have said the same if the Kings won in seven. It wasn't clear. That was a very even series. So who would you want if you're the Kings? To me, looking at the landscape right now and the way teams are playing and even the, the way they've matched up, I would not want to see the Kings play the Nuggets. I know they've beaten them three times. I just would not want to see that, and I would not want to see them play the Clippers. I think when the Clippers are right, they are very, very good. Now, that could change instantly. We just saw uh, an injury to Kawhi Leonard. Could they have a more substantial one any, to any of their aging veterans? Sure. Now, that would change the landscape of things. But I think not knowing that right now, I would be more intrigued by Minnesota and by OKC based on kind of the same things we talked about with the Kings last year or others did. Lack of experience. I mean, they're kind of more in the Kings realm, right? Minnesota's made it two years in a row. They've got some some proven winners, but not not to the championship level. Um, the Kings have beaten both of those teams. I don't look at them and go, there's absolutely nothing they can't handle. I think Minnesota's defense could become an issue uh, in a series, and that's when you find like the little nuance of what, what that team's going to do to scout you. And um, We saw what the Warriors did. They really put all of their scheme and all of their game plan into limiting Sabonis the best they can, whatever his superpowers are, to cut that off and then make Fox, Monk, the rest of the Kings beat you, which they beat him three times out of seven just not four that they needed. So I look at it going, you know, and they've played Phoenix well. That just, I'm a little bit leery about that. You you start to look at what would be the best road. Now we've seen regular season matchups that have just been awful with New Orleans. It could be different when you've got days and days to prepare and lock in on the Pelicans, but I I wouldn't go into that with, with good feeling on the Kings, no matter, I know they have one more matchup with New Orleans. But that one would make me very, very leery. Um, yeah, that's what one of our texts says. The matchup, the Kings against the Pelicans, would also be a nightmare as they've had our number. Yeah, absolutely, they have. Now, it could be different from postseason time, but that, that feels like a wish and a hope as opposed to substance to back it up, right? So what would you like to see the Kings finish? And more so, not even the position, it's, it's who they would play. So, I mean, that could be a three seed with home court. Great. Um, could be To me, it could be a six playing a three that the matchup's better. I, I don't have an issue with that. In fact, where they are right now, present day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate this at all. I don't like the idea of being in the play-in game. But let's say the playoffs started today and the play-in started. The Kings would have to go to Dallas in a one-game situation. I like their chances. I would feel confident that they could beat Dallas. And if they didn't, then they would come home to play one more game. I'd be nervous for that. At least it'd be home. 
but another play-in game with the winner of the 9-10 game, and that's the Lakers and the Warriors. That sounds like a scary safety net, but I like the first one better. Win, could you win at Dallas? And if you did, again, the way the standings are today, then you get OKC. That, that to me, wouldn't be so bad. I'd probably prefer the Kings to get to six and OKC fall to three and, and take the run at that. Sure, OKC would have home court, but, you know, did last year's experience help the Kings? This OKC team is very, very young, talented too, and SGA would be a problem. We know that. But that's when you start to scheme and the coaches and everything you you do when you've got a day to prepare for a team, you you do what you can. But when you've got days and film and from game one to game two, changing things, oh, this worked really well in the second half of game two. Now let's keep that going forward. And you find little elements. Oh, they have no answer for this player. Let's keep featuring that player and so on and so forth. That to me is the, the dance that I really appreciate of the postseason. So the Kings... At 31 and 23, very much can reach their goal of a top six. Very much can still reach their goal of a top four. That one's going to be more difficult. But also they have to be aware of any kind of slippage. They could be on the outside looking in. So they're going to have to be sharp starting Thursday with the San Antonio Spurs. When we come back, we're going to talk about that I was just discussing, kind of this through thread of the entirety of this show, is the All-Star game. We need a fix. Do we need a fix? Well, we had a couple other examples here of where we are kind of in sports culture of how we are chasing the ring. And so much is put on this. We had a coaching change in Brooklyn as an example, and even a baseball one. I'm going to tie into this. I'm someone that's not looking to chase, at least as of now. We'll do all that as we continue. we got the 8 o'clock hour. Also in the 8 o'clock hour, Frankie Cardicelli will join us to discuss more of these topics. That is straight ahead here on Sacktown Sports. 